Hi, this is Beth Capici and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. Good morning. I know it's not great podcasting practice to say a specific time of day, but I would like to create a visual for you since I'm having a super good morning and I woke up really early and I have been super eager to post a second episode on ADHD and It's been a really nice morning because it's gently raining and thundering. And although I'm obsessed with sunlight, there's something really neat about a gentle rainstorm or thunderstorm. And I have a dog in my lap and a cat sitting by my feet. And I actually took a picture of my setup here because (laughs) I've got my little miniature microphone in my lap and I have articles and papers all around me and some green tea, matcha tea, matcha tea. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm trying to cut back on coffee a little bit. So I'm trying this green tea matcha powder stuff. Um, anyway, so I am going to share some articles and some research that I have been looking into for the last week regarding ADHD. I had a lot of fun Googling some of my theories and some topics such as, you know, common strengths of people with ADHD and some of the classic symptoms or struggles. One that popped up was about ADHD in women. Not that I'm trying to give preferential treatment to women, but it was a good list. And frankly, I don't see why most of this doesn't relate to men. Um, And I also Googled the link between ADHD and OCD because I have seen some super interesting connections between those seemingly different issues that may not be so different also some sensory issues. And it's fascinating to kind of look at clinical practice and how it compares to research. It's hard for people to do full-time research when they're clinicians and vice versa. So we've got to partner up um, and kind of let researchers and clinicians kind of compare notes. And I have discovered an amazing 
psychiatrist who seems to be primarily a clinician, but he's also writing and sharing a lot. So I was really excited to discover him. His name is William Dodson, and I heard an amazing podcast and read a couple of really good articles by him, and he seems very cutting edge, and he's making some groundbreaking discoveries that really just blew me away. Um, So I'm going to share some of that today, and then maybe my third ADHD episode will be a little bit more clinical as far as my own client, you know, stories and some of my own stories. As you may know, I have ADHD myself and I will weave that story in here and there. Um, but I have to be careful not to go so far into ADHD that I do like five episodes on this and neglect other ones that I'm super eager to get into, such as OCD, panic attacks, bipolar disorder. So far, I haven't put any episodes out there on those topics. Um, Also, addictions. I'm really passionate about putting some podcasts out there on that as well. So that was kind of a long intro. So I will launch in. So I'm going to start with a little article I found on a website called Very Well Mind, and it's just about five strengths of people with ADHD. And these really resonated with me. So as as in any disorder, you know, there are many strengths with the weaknesses or upsides along with the downsides. So here we go creativity. Many people with ADHD are extremely creative and imaginative and graced with tremendous originality and expressiveness. I won't read you the full description, but that's some of what they say under creativity. And then adventurousness, such as risk-taking. A lot of prominent business people have, you know, moved up in the world because of their courage and willingness to take risks. Also looking at the big picture, it says people with ADHD are often criticized for missing details and losing focus, yet they are magnificent at looking at the whole picture. They are often very perceptive and can look at all sides to a situation rather than keeping a narrow one-sided view. That description really fits with something I've often said about myself as a psychologist slash therapist. You know, I think one of my greatest strengths as a clinician is doing that very thing, just really looking at things from a broad perspective and looking at things from many angles and, you know, sort of presenting these with clients in a very um, you know, gray way and not black and white as if I have all the answers, but just kind of exploring things from so many angles that it helps them kind of think and imagine things and understand things from different angles. So you can certainly see why this trait would probably really benefit a person in this type of work. Um, again, being perceptive, looking at all sides to a situation 
rather than keeping a narrow one-sided view. It's pretty important for, I think, someone in this field to be able to do that. Then the third one is thinking outside the box. I don't think we need to go into that too much. It just talks about being nonconformist. And then the next one, comfortable with change and chaos. A lot of people with ADHD live with chaos and confusion. Um, and they're comfortable with that. And when you look at the tendency for people with ADHD to be bored, it kind of makes sense that the opposite of this would be change and chaos. Can't get very bored with that. And then the last one is being on the go, having lots of energy, gung ho, ready for action, outgoing, spontaneous, passionate personalities and things like that. So, um, and as I was researching, you know, one of the real challenges with diagnosing and describing any kind of issue or disorder or trait is that there are common denominators and underlying themes that kind of transcend the individuals with a certain diagnosis, but these characteristics can really manifest differently. So it's really tricky when you're trying to diagnose people or really explain a condition when it can manifest really differently in different people. Um, I was reading, I think it's the, the next list I'm going to share is where I read this next piece, but you know, it's sort of like for every rule, there's an exception type of thing. So you might say that everyone with ADHD is high energy, but then you say, well, some people with ADHD can be, you know, need a lot of downtime and they can get so paralyzed that they are fairly sedentary. So, um, this new clinician that I'm, I'm probably going to become a groupie <laughs> for him because I just love the stuff that he's coming out with, which I'm going to describe. Um, again, it's William or Will Dodson. He talks about how we look for this bright shining line in the literature or in the studies on people is what is the common denominator or the stuff that stands out. What are the highlights that kind of transcend all the individuals that have this disorder? So the next article I'm going to describe <clears throat> is called 20 common symptoms of ADD and ADHD in women. And at the beginning, it says not all ADHD presents the same. Some women are hyperactive. Others are sluggish. Some love having a lot of commotion and stimuli in their lives and others need to frequently retreat to a quiet space to recharge. And some of this may relate to the sensory issues that seem to be linked to ADHD. So I'm going to read these real quick. Um, some of these are similar to the ones I mentioned in the last episode on ADHD. So you might hear some overlap here. So hypersensitivity to noise, touch, or smell. Feelings of low self-worth. Hypersensitivity to criticism. And this is a huge piece with 
Will Dodson's experience with ADHD. This is one of the markers, basically the high points that he has discovered in the distinctive nervous system that comes with ADHD individuals, which they, they basically are considered to be not neurologically typical. So, um, and Dr. Dodson estimates that one in 10 people have ADHD. I had read somewhere that it was estimated that three to 7% of the population have ADHD, but Dr. Dodson has, you know, discovered that it's higher than that. But, um, he, you know, when you think of neurotypicals, which you hear that word thrown around a lot more lately, um, people that are just considered to be, have a more common neurology or nervous system. And Dr. Dodson believes that really the distinctive feature of people with ADHD is that they have a different nervous system. And so that is fascinating. And I'm going to talk about that here in a few minutes. <clears throat> okay. So the hypersensitivity to criticism is one of the key features that he really highlights. Um, then a poor sense of time, often running late, being emotionally charged and easily upset, starting projects, but seeming unable to finish them, taking on too much, difficulty remembering names, saying things without thinking, often hurting others' feelings. When you look at the impulsivity piece of ADHD, it makes sense that things might be said without a lot of thought um, or self-control. Then appearing self-absorbed, seeming to not want to hear what others are saying. And these, I think, can be pretty you know, um, connected. Dr. Dodson talks about how people with ADHD have two to three thoughts going on in their head at one time. And that is one of the reasons that they might appear to be distracted or not listening or not wanting to hear what others are saying. And, you know, this really speaks to the point of not judging people or trying not to take things personally. Um, and you know, you could relate this to social anxiety or self-esteem issues, people that, you know, only kind of interpret behavior from one viewpoint or one interpretation or theory. If someone's not listening, you could jump to the conclusion that, oh, I'm not interesting. I'm not cool enough. I'm, you know, not worth their time. They don't like me. And that is a false most of the time that's a false conclusion. And so my technique that is one of my favorites that I've talked about in other episodes called multiple choice thinking is considering a lot of different theories and interpretations instead of jumping to one conclusion. Don't fill in the blank. Don't use the fill in the blank answer format and say, oh, they weren't seeming to listen. So that means X. That means they don't like me. They could have ADHD and that doesn't mean they're self-absorbed. They're selfish. It could mean that, you know, again, they're distracted. Um, I often tell people to interpret things from angles such as, could they be running late? Could they have gotten bad news? 
Could someone have, you know, been mean to them? Uh, Maybe they have social anxiety. Don't assume that you know the reason that someone is appearing to be a certain way. Okay, that was a tangent, but I think it's important. Engaging in addictive behaviors, problems with word retrieval, poor handwriting, difficulty with boring repetitive tasks, spending time ruminating. Okay, sorry, I've got to ha- take an intermission for a second and just say, I just had a theory on the poor handwriting, um, which again, you know, these 20 traits that I'm reading, you don't have to have all of these. When we're diagnosing people or making observations, you know, you often need to have like two thirds of them to qualify for a diagnosis. And this is not the diagnostic criteria either. These are kind of more like observations or common patterns. So, um, but I love to generate theories. The poor handwriting example makes a lot of sense. Trying to rush through something that you really don't want to spend a lot of time getting your handwriting perfect. And I think this is a strength and weakness of people with ADHD is they don't necessarily love to really hyper-focus on the details. Like handwriting for most people is not super exciting. Um, I know it is an art form for some people and that's pretty cool. But for those who are just like, I'm just trying to rush through this. I don't really enjoy, you know, laboring over my handwriting. So that would kind of tie into the next one, which was the difficulty with boring, repetitive tasks. Like, let's just rush through this handwriting so we can move on to something more interesting. Um, I think I already mentioned spending time ruminating. And for those that don't know what that is, it's sort of like thinking that's more um, obsessive or just kind of going over something over and over the same thoughts. And they do say that women tend to spend more time ruminating than men do, kind of overthinking. Difficulty making decisions, like they use the example of grocery shopping. And then clumsiness and poor coordination. This is kind of interesting because, again, I have read the opposite, that there's a link between elite athletes and ADHD So this is probably one of those examples where for every rule, there's an exception. Um, Maybe just impulsivity makes people less careful at times. And so they're more distracted and clumsy. They're not maybe watching where they're going or they're hyper, especially young children. Um, Dr. Dodson points out that most people with ADHD, the adults, don't show overt hyperactivity. Well, I should say hyperactivity or hyperactive um, behaviors. And then the last two, tiring easily or conversely, difficulty sitting still. There's one of those kind of contradictory traits, like most people with ADD either get tired easily or they can't sit still. So seems a little inconsistent, but that's how it works. Um, Then the last one, difficulty falling asleep and difficulty waking up the next morning. This one for sure with me personally is not true. I can fall asleep very easily. Um, I may have insomnia sometimes, but I, I fall asleep easily. And 
I like mornings. I don't have trouble waking up in the morning. So um, there's a list. And this is probably a good time to mention the day that I definitively decided that I had ADHD, which I would guess was about 10 to 12 years ago. Um, I had wondered if I had it. I had a professor at one point tell me she thought that I had it. And I had a friend who's a psychologist that told me at one point that he thought I had it. And I was kind of always thinking, you know, I may, I probably do, but I didn't have a need to definitively nail it down, which I think is also kind of an ADD thing. So the day that my diagnosis of ADHD was solidified was a day in my office meeting with a college student who was reading a really good book called ADD Friendly Ways to Organize Your Life. And she read an excerpt from the book about kind of a different spin on ADHD. And here's what she read was that individuals with ADD have trouble prioritizing. They have trouble with time management. They overcommit. They have trouble with decision-making and they think everything is important. And when she said that I was in shock because I basically decided at that point, okay, it's definite. I have this. And of course I didn't say anything to her about that, but from that day on, I was convinced I had it and talked to my doctor about it. And it really explained a lot about myself and began to open my eyes to a lot of traits and made sense of things that I've done and the way I was in school and the way I am even domestically in the house and things like that. And I started thinking about some family members, extended family, immediate family, who showed some symptoms and a lot of pieces started to fall together. So it was, it was neat. Um, so a couple quick examples before we wrap up, I want to share a few things that Dr. Dodson has said that shed some light on some of these behaviors. And I have a couple of probably funny examples of my own behaviors, which really are classic, you know, behaviors for someone with ADHD. So one is that I frequently will unload the dishwasher in the morning before work or before taking my kids to school. And I'll be sitting there unloading or loading the dishwasher. And suddenly I'll realize I have five minutes before I need to leave. And I haven't finished packing the kids lunches and I haven't gotten dressed. So really bad time management. I have done that so many times. I think I've gotten a little better now that I realize how foolish that is. Um, another really funny example is at my kids' school, they have this thing called the Monday Memo where the teachers sort of list out the assignments and the schedule for the week and what lessons they're going to be learning and you know, what tests are coming up and things like that. And ideally they hope that all parents will look at these every week <clears throat> so that they can keep track of what's going to be taught and learned and help their kids with homework. And I would guess that 
it took me a few years to even realize that those were on the website. And once I did realize it, I probably read about 20 out of maybe 300 Monday memos. And um, so that was a pretty sad (laughs) performance there. But I got really into helping the school make money by volunteering for the silent auction and getting donations and also selling coupon books. I loved those coupon books. And so I didn't have any trouble selling them. And I also loved that it really helped the school, especially the kids first school, which was an inner city school. We were there for five years. Um, that school needed funds. And at one point I sold 120 or 130 coupon books. So I went way above and beyond selling coupon books but yet I wasn't reading the kids' assignments or checking their grades. So talk about priority confusion. Um, you know, that that kind of is a good illustration of the types of things that aren't easy for someone with ADHD. And Dr. Dodson in one of his articles talks about this difficulty with prioritizing and how People with ADHD have an interest-based nervous system instead of an importance-based nervous system. And I really want to share a lot more from his article, um, his articles, I should say, because they were packed full of fascinating facts and tidbits and information. But I'll read a couple of quotes. So they talk about how a lot of experts and individuals with ADD really would like to change the title from attention deficit hyperactivity disorder because they believe that really the issue isn't a lack of attention. It's actually sort of the opposite. The individuals with ADD pay too much attention to everything. So it's more diffuse attention instead of focused attention. He says, and I quote, most people with unmedicated ADHD have four or five things going on in their minds at once. The hallmark of the ADHD nervous system is not attention deficit. It's inconsistent attention. So he talks about how people with ADHD actually can get in the zone at least four or five times a day. And when they're in the zone and super focused, kind of in a flow type of thing, He says they have no impairments and the executive function deficits that they may have had before entering the zone disappear. When he talks about executive functioning, that is a hallmark of ADHD is the frontal lobe, which is considered the executive functioning aspect, kind of like the captain of the ship is impaired. And I've heard years ago, the analogy of People with ADD, it's almost like having this great ship, but there's no captain directing it. So there's kind of a lack of intentionality and focus. But as he is saying, you really can get into the zone and focus big time if you become interested and motivated. So he says that they do get in the zone by being interested in something or intrigued by what they're doing. And that's why he calls it an interest-based nervous system. So um, I think this is a pretty good place to start um, or to finish, I should say. And then um, 
kind of an intro again to a very complicated topic, but um, next time I'll get a little bit more into some more of these research findings and they're pretty amazing. Mm -hmm.